You are listening to the new Mutual Audio Network. Welcome home. The following audio drama is rated G, which means it's safe for families and folks of all ages. Enjoy! Chatterbox Audio Theater presents Grimm's Fairy Tales, performed live at the Memphis Children's Theater Festival on May 24, 2014. Years ago, before the television was invented, and long, long before the internet was invented, people used to get their entertainment from the radio. See, back then, radio didn't just play music and news. They played stories. You could tune in on any given night and hear a mystery, a drama, an adventure story, a western, a soap opera, or almost any other story you can think of. Unlike movies or theater, of course, audiences couldn't see the characters in the stories only hear them, so they had to use their imaginations to tell them what the characters and places in the story look like. Today, you will hear three radio plays performed just as they were during the golden age of radio. But, in addition to hearing them, you will also be able to see them. We're going to give you a look behind the microphone to show you all the different elements that went into creating live radio plays. But, remember, at any time, you can close your eyes and imagine the story in your mind, just like people your age were doing 50 60, and 70 years ago. But that's not all. Today's show also requires your participation. See, our stories include several big sound effects, so we're going to need your help. That means you'll have to pay very close attention and be ready to perform when it is your turn. Whenever you see someone step into that area of the stage, you'll know your cue is coming up. Then watch our actor as they instruct you on what to do. We may ask you to help create the sound of rain. A lively crowd. Or a flock of birds. Sometimes we may even need your help finishing a line. Just watch for the signal, and when you hear an actor say something like, Rapunzel, Rapunzel, let down your hair. You'll know that it is your turn to fill in the words that make sense. In all cases, make sure you watch the performer in that space, because they will show you exactly what you need to do. They will also signal if you need to be louder, or if you need to be quieter. And of course, they will let you know when the part is over and our story needs to continue. Remember, we want you to be a part of our story today, so we ask that you follow our actor's instructions and stay very quiet while waiting for your turn. And don't forget to close your eyes every now and then, just so you can imagine the story and the characters in your mind. Thank you for joining us today, and please enjoy as Theater Memphis's Show Wagon and Chatterbox Audio Theater present... Grimm's Fairy Tales, a live radio play, which begins with our first story, The Old Woman in the Woods. Once there was a poor servant girl who worked for a cruel but wealthy family. When the family traveled, they took the servant girl with them, making her ride in the most uncomfortable seat in the carriage. Get up, I see! Oh, there! Driver, what is it? Why have we stopped? A storm is coming, my lady. The thunder has spooked the horses. Of all the... Girl! 
moment, girl. Yes, my lady. The horses are scared. Get out of the carriage and brush them to calm them down. Yes, my lady. The girl was very obedient and did her work well, but the family treated her poorly. One day, while she, the family was traveling, she got out of the carriage to tend to their horses, but suddenly... Oh, there! Hold still! Oh, wait! Wait! Don't leave me! Oh, you be stop, I say! Oh, wait, wait! Come back here! Come back! And just like that, the poor servant girl found herself alone in the vast, dark woods. What? What shall I do? It's miles to any city. At least I think it is. I don't really know where I am. The girl was scared and felt like crying, but she decided. Well, there's no point in feeling sorry for myself. I might as well find a place to wait out the storm and then I can resume my journey in the morning. At length, the girl found a grove of large, beautiful trees. Oh, these trees are gigantic. Uh, they must be very old. Well, their branches will shelter me from the storm. Well, good evening. Oh, oh what is that? Oh, what is oh, it? Get away! Hide me. When the girl got over her fright at hearing a voice, she realized who it was who was speaking to her. Why, you're a dove. A little white dove, just as pure as can be. And you are a fair maiden, as fair as can be. But what are you doing out here? In the woods, all alone. Well, I was traveling with my family, but they left me behind, and now I'm lost, and a storm is coming, and I'm afraid I'll get drenched. Is that all you're worried about? Wait here. The dove flew off, but came back right away. In his mouth was a little golden key. He dropped the key into the girl's hand. See that big tree over there? Take this key and unlock it. Unlock the tree? But I don't understand. Trees don't have locks, but... Oh my, this one certainly does. When the girl did as the dove said, a door in the tree opened. Inside, she found a little room with a bed and a fireplace. That should be a warm enough place to pass the night. I don't believe it. I, I can't thank you enough, kind dove. And so, the girl slept soundly while the storm raged outside. The next day, the dove returned with a second key, which he also dropped into the girl's hand. That key opens the next tree. Give it a try. All right. Inside the second tree was a table filled with the most delicious-looking food that the girl had ever seen. Oh, bread, milk, cheese, fruits of all colors and sizes. And all for you. Please eat your fill. Little dove, you are such a generous soul. I don't know how I shall ever repay you. And so the girl ate and ate until she was very full. Then the dove dropped one final key into her hand. Try that tree there. I thought you might like something to wear nicer than those old servant's clothes. Inside the third tree, the girl found an almost endless array of clothes and dresses, all of which fit her perfectly. Oh, how wonderful. Thank you, my friend. Uh, getting lost in the woods may be the best thing that's ever happened to me. And so, the girl made a home for herself in the woods, living happily with a dove as her friend and companion. Eventually, however, she noticed something strange. So one day, she asked him, Dove? Yes? You know I enjoy your company. Thank you, and I yours. And yet, 
I only see you for a few hours each day. You come by in the morning and then you're gone again until late evening. Why? Well, of course, I must search for food and for materials to build my nest. Oh, but surely that doesn't take all day. <sighs> no. Would you really like to know where I go during the day? Yes, of course. All right, then. But you must do something for me first. A favor. Oh, you have been so generous to me. I would be happy for an opportunity to repay you. Listen carefully. I will guide you to a small house deep in the woods. Inside it, an old woman sits by a fire. She will bid you good day, and you may respond, but on no account should you look into her eyes. Pass by her and go into a little hallway. There, you will find a door. Open it, and you will enter into a room where a thousand rings are lying about. Most will be magnificent rings with shining stones. Leave those, however, and seek out the plainest ring among them, and bring it here to me as quickly as you can. Will you do this for me? My friend, I will. Let us go right away. And so the bird led the girl through the woods, where at length they came to a small, dark cottage. This is far as I can accompany you. Take care to remember my instructions. I will. The girl knocked on the door and waited. There was no answer, so she knocked again. Then, from within the cottage, she heard a faint, aged voice. Come in. The girl gathered her courage and opened the door. Inside, just as the bird had described, was an old woman sitting by a fireplace. Well, good day, beautiful one. Come in, come in. <laughs> Why not sit down and warm yourself by the fire? You look as if you have traveled far. Oh, no, thank you. But there's nothing to fear, beautiful one. Why do you avert your eyes from me? No reason. Only, I just... Yes? And with that, the girl rushed off down the hallway before the old woman could stop her. Wait! Come back here! Trespasser! Thief! The girl ran into a room at the end of the hallway and locked herself inside. And there... Oh my! Just as the dove promised, she found piles upon piles of rings. Some were gold, some were silver, some were encrusted with rare jewels, all of which must have been extremely valuable. You can't lock me out of my own room. <laughs> I've got a key in here somewhere, and when I get inside... Oh, no, I must hurry. The dove told me to find the plainest ring in the room. And so the girl began looking frantically through the room for a plain ring. She searched and searched, but there were thousands of rings, and she couldn't possibly look through all of them before. Aha! I've caught you now, you little thief! Look into my eyes. No. I... I... I mustn't... I... No! <gasps> You've resisted my spell. <laughs> but I was able to see what is in your heart. Though that ring may be plain, it is special to me. You will never have it. And with that, the old woman grabbed a small box and turned and ran from the room. Oh, stop it! Come back here! The old woman ran to the front door and threw it open, ready to scurry out and make her escape. But... Hello, old woman. You! The dove was there, waiting for her, and he had brought along several hundred of his bird friends. Dove! Dove! Listen, the old woman has the ring in that little box. Come on, friends. Don't let her get away. 
And with that, the old woman ran off in the woods and was never seen again. Thank you, my brothers and sisters. Now I have the ring I have sought for for so long. As the dove picked up the ring, he began to transform right before the girl's eyes. Before long, he had changed into a young, handsome prince. The prince explained. You see, the old woman was a witch, and I fell into her trap. As long as she kept this ring, I was under her power except for two hours each day when I could take the form of a dove. You have done me a great kindness in freeing me. It is no more than the kindness that you have shown me. I am so glad that we have broken her spell. And so the two left the woods together, and that is where our story ends. I don't know for certain, but I wouldn't be surprised if there was a wedding in their future. Would you? Little Red Cap, or as you may know her better, Little Red Riding Hood. Once upon a time, there was a sweet little girl. Everyone loved her, but most of all her grandmother, who one year gave her a little red cap made of velvet. Because it suited her so well, and because she wanted to wear it all the time, mm -hmm. she came to be known as Little Red Cap. One day, Little Red Cap's mother said to her, Come, Little Red Cap, here is a basket full of food. Take it to your grandmother. She is sick and weak, and it will do her well. Yes, Mother. Mind your manners and give her my greetings. Oh, and behave yourself along the way. Do not leave the path, else you might fall down or get lost. And when you enter her parlor, don't forget to say, Good morning! I'll do everything just right. Goodbye, Mother. Little Red Cap's grandmother lived out in the woods, more than half an hour's walk from the village. After she had walked a while through the forest, a wolf stopped her. She did not know what a wicked animal he was, so she was not afraid. Good day to you, Little Red Cap. Good day to you, Mr. Wolf. Where are you going so early, Little Red Cap? To grandmother's. <laughs> and what are you carrying in that basket? It smells delicious. Grandmother is sick and weak, and I'm taking her some food. It will be good for her, and it will give her strength. Is that so? And just where does your grandmother live, Little Red Cap? I am only curious. Her house is a quarter hour from here in the woods. Under three large oak trees. Oh. There's a hedge of hazel bushes there. You must know the place. The wolf nodded. But in his own mind, he was thinking to himself, Now that sweet young girl would make a tasty meal, as would the old woman. And if you are sly, you can catch them both. Well, I'll be on my way now. <laughs> Wait, uh, little red cap. Just look at the beautiful flowers that are all around us, and listen to how beautifully the birds are singing. Why... You are walking along as though you were on your way to school. It is very lovely in the woods, you know. But I must hurry on to grandmother's. <laughs> Do you know what your grandmother would like? A bouquet of fresh flowers. Why, that would make anybody feel better. Hmm. 
Well, you may be right. <laughs> of course I am. Take your time now. Okay. So, while Little Red Cap stopped to pick flowers, the wolf bolted through the woods as fast as he could until he came upon the cottage Little Red Cap had described. He knocked on the door. Oh, oh who is it? It is I, <laughs> Little Red Cap. I'm bringing you some food to make you fatter. I, I mean, make you feel better. Open the door, please. Oh, little red cap. Oh, come inside. The door's open and I'm too weak to get up. This part of the story gets pretty upsetting, I'm afraid. So brace yourselves. Oh, little red cap. Come in, come in. Oh, I can't see a thing without my glasses. But, but nevertheless, I can tell you've grown since last time you were here. <laughs> Why, what is that you brought me? Is it food? Oh, how kind of you and your dear mother. I know it will do me good. <laughs> oh, oh what's, what's that little red cap? I, I don't hear so well anymore. Get nice and close to my ears so I can understand you. Oh, no, yes, yes, that's very close. <laughs> Why, with your mouth that close, I feel like I might just... <laughs> oh, no! <laughs> that must be some kind of mistake. But there was no mistake on the wolf's part. He did exactly as he intended and ate the grandmother right up. Oh, well... This has not been the best day. <laughs> then the wicked wolf put on the grandmother's clothes. He put on her nightgown, he put on her nightcap, and he put on her big glasses, which he found lying by the bed. Well, it's not exactly my preferred style, but I've done stranger things for a meal. With that, the wolf jumped into the grandmother's bed, pulled the covers up to his chin, and waited for Little Red Cap to arrive. <laughs> he didn't have to wait long. <clears throat> Come in. Upon entering the cottage, Little Red Cap remembered her manners and called out, Good morning! But there was no answer. And something seemed strange about the grandmother's house. Still, she went inside. Hmm. Grandmother? I brought you this food and some flowers that I picked along the way. Do you like them? I'd prefer to... <clears throat> Come a little closer, my dear, so I can get a better look at you. All right. Grandmother? Yes? Uh, you look different. My grandmother, what big ears you have. All the better to... Here. You with, my dear. Oh, and grandmother, what big eyes you have. All the better to see you with, my dear. Oh, and then grandmother, what a horribly, horribly big mouth you have. All the better to see you with, my dear. And with that, the wolf leapt out of the bed and ate poor little red cap right up. <sighs> oh, grandmother, there you are. <laughs> Hello, dear. How is your mother? Now that the wolf was full and happy, he climbed back into bed, fell asleep, and began to snore very loudly. Thankfully, our story does not end there. 
For you see, just as the wolf was eating Little Red Cap, a huntsman was passing by outside the cabin and heard her scream. Oh, what was that? Who cried out? The huntsman knew Little Red Cap's grandmother, so he thought he'd better stop in to make sure she was all right. When he got there, of course, he found the wolf sleeping in the bed, still wearing the grandmother's clothes. But the huntsman was not fooled. Some folks will do anything for a meal. And with that, the huntsman took out a big pair of scissors and began to cut open the sleeping wolf's belly. He cut and cut. And before long, Little Red Cap came tumbling out. Ouch. Followed shortly by the grandmother. Thank you, Huntsman. We thought we were going to be stuck in the belly of that wicked wolf forever. Not if I have anything to do with it, but we must hurry. While the wolf is still asleep, bring me some pots and pans from your kitchen. Okay. They did. And the Huntsman, who was in a jesting mood, sewed the pots and pans up inside the wolf's belly. Then he leaned into the wolf's ear and said, Hello, Mr. Laugh at me, will you? You'll be sorry. I don't know how the two of you got out, but I'm hungry enough to eat you all over again. (laughs) Yes, I'm so hungry, I could just eat you right up. (laughs) Usually I can pounce faster than that. Like I was saying, I'll eat you right up. Forget it. I knew I should have stayed in for dinner tonight. And with that, he slunk out of the cottage and off into the woods. Where, let me tell you, he had a tough time sneaking up on anyone from then on. Well, all's well that ends well, I say. A huntsman, will you stay for lunch? Gladly. That basket of food smells delicious. And little red cap... I hope you've learned your lesson. Don't worry, Grandmother. From now on, I will never leave the forest path. And I promise I will do just as my mother tells me. The Three Little Birds. About a thousand or more years ago, there was a king who was very fond of hunting. One day, as he was riding forth from his castle with his two huntsmen, they passed three sisters who were tending their cows. The eldest sister, upon seeing the king, remarked, Sisters, I promise if I cannot take a husband like that, I will have no husband at all. The sisters agreed. Oh, sure, he's a strapping man. What a specimen. He'd make a perfect husband. Best for a queen. The king noticed the three women looking at him and heard their laughter, so he and his huntsmen rode over to ask what they were talking about. It it was nothing, your majesty. We were simply teasing one another, meant no offense. You see, my king, our sister here says that if she cannot take a husband such as yourself... Then she'll take no husband at all. Sisters, please, take care how you address our king. The king asked the eldest if what her sisters said was true. Yes, my lord, it is true. In that case, the king said, he would gladly take the eldest sister as his wife. After all, she was very beautiful, and she seemed to him a good judge of character. Oh, and of course, we feel the same way, your majesty! Yes, yes, we also wish for noble husbands! The king pointed out that his two huntsmen were single, if the sisters were interested. Uh, on second thought, why don't we 
Just one thing at a time. And so the king and the eldest sister were wed, and the entire kingdom celebrated. About a year later, the eldest sister, who was now a queen, brought into the world a beautiful baby boy. The king was traveling at the time, and so the queen's two sisters came to live at the castle to tend to her during the birth. Such a beautiful baby! A boy! A bouncing baby boy! He's cute! He's adorable! I want one, you know! Look at him. But of course our sister gets one instead. She gets everything. First a king for a husband. And now a prince for a son. Well, I guess we better take him back. Back to his mother. To our sister. Our sister the queen. Who has everything. Well, we have nothing. Yes. We'll take him back to her or... Or? Or we can throw him in the river. In the river? The one just outside. That's the one, a lovely river. <laughs> lovely. Do babies swim? Uh, not that I know of. Maybe he'll float. <laughs> float off to another land, another life. Where he'll be happy and out of the way. So, it's decided then. It's decided. Such a beautiful baby. A bouncing baby boy. <laughs> terrible, isn't it? But the queen sisters were pretty terrible people. So, they took the newborn baby down to the river. <laughs> I'm sorry to say, they threw him right in. Look at him go. Off to another land, another life. Bye-bye, baby. Bye-bye. As the child sailed away on the current, a little red bird appeared from the trees and flew right over the two sisters' heads. They were frightened because they knew the bird had seen everything, so they hurried back to the castle. The queen was weak from the birth and needed much rest, but when the king returned, he demanded to see their child. Uh, your majesty! Back so soon? You're looking healthy. The trip must have done you good. That was all fine, the king said, but what about his child? Your child? Your child. Right, your child. Here's the thing. Here's the thing about your child. Uh, the queen, um... She didn't exactly... Well said the king. Well, she didn't have a child. Right. She had a dog. Yeah. <laughs> the king didn't believe them at first, but the two sisters swore that they were telling him the truth. Your majesty, my sister would never lie. And mine is as honest as the day is long. The king spoke to the queen, who was naturally very upset, but who hadn't got a good look at the baby before her sisters had carried it away. And so the king and queen had no choice but to believe the wicked sisters and put the whole sad incident behind them. A year later, the queen gave birth to another baby boy. Once again, the king was away, for kings travel often in order to tend to their kingdoms. And once again, the cellist sisters took hold of the child first. Why should she have a kingdom and a child? Well, we still have nothing. Besides, don't you think he'd be happier with his brother? Much happier. To the river, then? To the river! Once again, they threw the child into the water, where he sailed away on the current. And once again... 
A little red bird flew overhead and frightened the sisters, for they knew it had seen everything. Upon the king's return from his travels, the sisters told him, What do you know? Another dog. Another one. Two for two. Must be some kind of enchantment. <laughs> or just really bad luck. Yeah. Another year passed, and this time the queen gave birth to a baby girl. And of course, you can imagine what happened. As the child floated away, another little red bird flew overhead and saw the whole thing. When the king returned, the sisters told him, This time, it was a cat. And not a very friendly one either. No. So, the king and queen decided sadly that they were just not meant to have children. In case you're worried about all these poor waterlogged children, I should tell you that they were actually just fine. The river swept them along for many miles before tossing them ashore near a little house where a fisherman lived with his wife. Dear, here's another one, a girl this time. Bring her inside then. This river has given us more children than it has fish. The fisherman and his wife raised the three children as their own. The two brothers and their sister might not have been as wealthy as if they were living in the king's castle, but it was a good life. They didn't lack for anything. They were happy. Years passed. When the eldest boy turned 12, he asked the fisherman, Father, why do the other kids at school tease me and call me a foundling? Well, son, it's because your mother and I found you in the river. Pulled you out ourselves. Your brother and sister, too. No idea where you came from. <laughs> and so, though the boy was happy, he also grew restless and decided that he would go out into the world and find his birth parents. <laughs> and so the boy left home and walked and walked along the river, hoping it would give him some clue. At length, he came across an old woman who was sitting on the bank, fishing. Good day, kind woman. Many thanks, my boy, and a good day to you. Uh-oh. <laughs> my father fishes this river. <laughs> to hear him tell it, you will fish a long time before you catch anything. <laughs> and you will search a long time before you find your birth parents, my boy. You know of my quest? Can you help me? I can only tell you that what you seek is on the other side of this river. You must cross over to the far bank. Well, thank you, kind woman. But the current is strong, and I have no boat and no way to ferry myself over the water. No? Then climb on my back, my boy, and I will walk you across. <laughs> But how? The river's too deep. Climb on my back, my boy, and I will show you. And so, the boy climbed onto the old woman's back, and she waded into the river. As they walked deeper and deeper into the water, the old woman's legs grew longer and longer so that they were always able to reach the bottom. Oh, amazing! <laughs> well, thank you, kind woman. Best of luck to you, my boy! But even though he was now on the correct bank, the boy searched and searched and could not find his birth parents. Back at the fisherman's cottage, the younger brother also grew restless, and he resolved to seek out not only his birth parents, but his older brother as well. <laughs> Do not worry, mother, father, I will be home soon. 
Eventually, he came to the same place in the river where the old woman was fishing. Good day, kind woman. Many thanks, my boy, and a good day to you. Um, my father fishes this river, and to hear him tell it, you will fish a long time before you catch anything. And you will search a long time before you find your birth parents, my boy, or your brother. Huh? But... I can tell you that what you seek is somewhere over on the far bank of the river. And I can take you across if you wish. You? But how? You have no boat. Climb onto my back, my boy, and you will see. And so the younger brother climbed onto the old woman's back. And as before, she walked him across the river, her legs growing as long as was needed to cross to the other side. Even so, the boy searched and searched, and like his brother, he found nothing. Now the sister was the only one of the three children left at the fisherman's home, but she too grew restless and wished to find her two brothers as well as her birth parents. Do not fear, mother. Father, I know I will be successful in my quest. And of course, she, too, came to the place in the river where the old woman was fishing. Oh, good day, kind woman. Many thanks, dear girl, and a good day to you. Oh, my father fishes this river. To hear him tell it, you will fish a long time before you catch anything. But he has taught me his trade, and I will help you if you wish. With that, the young girl showed the old woman how to cast her line, how to use the very best bait, and how to find the places in the river where the most fish were gathered. Before long, the old woman had a bucket full of fish. More fish than she had ever caught before. Oh, I'll eat for a month! <laughs> now, dear girl, since you have been so kind to me, I will be yet more kind to you. What you seek lies on the far side of this river, and I will carry you across as I did your brothers. Thank you, kind woman. But I will help you further. I will also show you which road to go by. And I will give you this. It's a magic wand. <gasps> Listen carefully. As you walk down the road, you will find a great black dog. You must approach it boldly without fear and touch the wand to the dog's nose. Can you do that? Uh. I can. After that, you will come to a great high castle which will block your path. You must touch the wand to the castle's outer wall. Can you do that? Oh, I can. After that, you will find an old fountain out of which a large tree has grown. In the branches of the tree, you will see a bird cage. Take the cage and also take some water from the fountain and be on your way. Can you do that? I can. After you have done these three things, you will find what it is that you seek. And so, the old woman took the girl across the river, as she had done for her brothers before her, and showed her the road by which to travel. The girl found everything just as the old woman had said. First, she encountered a large, vicious-looking black dog. The dog Why, you're just an overgrown puppy. And as the old woman had instructed, she touched the dog's nose with her magic wand. With that, the dog transformed back into her eldest brother. 
who had been captured by a witch and changed into another shape. I'm freed! Thank you, dear sister, for rescuing me. The two continued on until their path was blocked by a large castle. The castle's doors were shut tight, and it looked as if no one had lived there for many years. Never fear, brother. I know just what to do. And so the girl touched the wand to the castle wall just as the old woman had instructed her. And with that, the very rocks of the castle split apart and rearranged themselves in order to allow the children to pass through. Inside the castle, they found their other brother, who had been imprisoned there by a wicked duke. My rescuers! I'm so glad to see you again. Thank you for saving me. The three siblings were now reunited. They continued along the road in their quest to find their birth parents. Eventually, they came to an old fountain out of which a large tree was growing. In the tree, just as the old woman had promised, was a bird cage. Inside it were trapped three little red birds. In fact, these were the same birds who had watched the queen's wicked sisters throw the three babies into the river all those years ago. Or the sisters had managed to find the birds and had trapped them there. Take the cage down, brothers. Bring the birds with us. Be careful now. As her brothers did this, the girl took a small glass bottle from her pouch and filled it with water from the fountain. And with that, the children completed the three tasks that the old woman had given them, and they continued along the road in order to seek their birth parents. The children walked and walked until eventually they came to the castle where the king and queen lived, along with the queen's two wicked sisters. Upon entering, they found the king very upset because the queen, in her long sadness, had taken ill. Such a pity about the queen! We did everything we could! The king told the three travelers that the queen was sad because she had always wanted children. Children, the king noted, very much like these three, who had by chance wandered to his door. <laughs> it was not by chance at all that we arrived here, your majesty. You see, we were each found floating in a river by a kindly fisherman and his wife. Though they raised us well, we've set out on a quest to find our birth parents. Naturally, the queen's wicked sisters were frightened by this, for they knew that these three children were the very same ones that they had thrown into the river. Of course, they were quite young at the time. I'm sure they don't remember. <laughs> this was true. The children did not remember. Just then, however, the girl let the three little birds out of their cage, and they flew over to the king and whispered in his ear. They told the king everything they had seen, and the king knew that the queen's sisters had betrayed them. Oh, if only you'll let us explain! Yes, yes, we had a perfectly good reason for doing what we did! In that case, the king said, they had better tell it to him right away. Well, uh, I'm sure we can think of something. I mean, you have to give us a minute! Yeah. But the king saw through their lies and ordered them to be thrown in the dungeon. After this, the king took the children to meet their mother, but she was so ill that she could neither see nor hear them. So the girl took out the bottle in which she had collected water from the fountain, and she gave it to the queen to drink. And just like that, the queen's strength was restored. And so the king and queen and their three children were reunited. They lived happily in the castle and also brought the fisherman, his wife, and the old woman there to live with them. And the three little birds who had told the king the truth even today go on singing their triumphant song. 
You have been listening to Chatterbox Audio Theater's production of Grimm's Fairy Tales, featuring the voices of Mandy Martin, Ellen Saba, Lena Wallace, and Zach Williams. Written and produced by Robert Arnold. Directed by Leslie Barker and Robert Arnold. The mission of Chatterbox Audio Theater is sparking imaginations through outstanding theatrical recordings, Download our shows, meet our cast and crew, and make a donation to support our work at www.chatterboxtheater.org. The Shah, the wandering warrior of the Chinese Jianghu martial arts world. A ruthless warrior trying to make his mark in life, or a hopeless romantic wanderer trying to find fun and adventure. He is as much a staple of the Chinese adventure story as the knight, the cowboy, the samurai, and the swashbuckler are of the stories of other lands. Bound by his codes of honor and brotherhood, he has given up the traditional communal life of China to seek out something else. Perhaps he is a dreamer, perhaps he is the second son with no future, and perhaps he is merely bored. In any case, where he goes, trouble will follow. Come to Kung Fu Action Theater where we tell the stories of these men who made a difference in a China that never was. Kung Fu Action Theater can be found at KFAT, that's K-F-A-T Come and be part of the adventure of the martial world. You're listening to The Mutual Audio Network.